Hello, welcome to Alternate Take Arta. It's a podcast run by our film page, Alternate Take, where we try to converse with filmmakers, producers, film critics and any other film-related talent. We publish new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we are at www.facebook.com slash alternate take one two three. On Instagram, you can find us by searching underscore alternate take underscore. Please send us your feedback on any of the social media platforms. So without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, I'm Devanjan. With me, there's Shagnik and Shubhodeep. Together, we're an alternate take where we discuss filmmakers, artists, writers, critics, and all film-related artists. And it gives me so much joy and delight to welcome Poulomi Das, who's a film critic at Array. Besides that, her her work has appeared in First Post, The Statesman, Economic Times, Hindu Business Lines, Fadel, War, Film Companion, Hyperallergic, and so much more. Thank you, ma'am, for making the time for us. It's such a privilege. Completely my pleasure. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah so let's begin at the beginning so what made you gravitate towards writing on film what made you consider it and when did you start considering it as a career option did you have any other aspiration could you talk about your first few years first few stints while starting okay. out um so i grew up in calcutta and uh, i lived there for like the first you know the formative years of your life when you go to school you make friends and you know you start to develop your ideas about the world like you start developing hobbies like reading and uh, writing as not just part of you know what you learn at school but also as a form of expression and i um, come from a family where films are like what would be like say gyms in bombay in the sense that you would have to like it was like as as natural to like for me to watch at least like a film or two a day as it would be to like brush in the morning you know so i grew up watching a lot of films but uh, my parents were also kind of strict in the sense that we weren't allowed much tv because they wanted us to like read and like play more which i think is a normal kind of a similar story for anyone growing up in calcutta so the only films that we would watch would either be um, films you know like my friends would talk about in school like more of like world cinema and like at home we would watch a lot of bengali films and uh, whatever i could get from my friends you know there was a uh, new copy of you know uh, we could go out and rent of some uh, film that we'd heard of anything like that i would watch but uh, i didn't watch hindi films like until i was actually 15 or 16 you know until i was in class 11th or 12th so my fo- so like my entry into hindi cinema has been quite late but that's the thing about hindi cinema once you start watching it you can't stop so i feel like i picked up a lot since then and uh, i was always drawn towards writing um not just about film but like about culture in general because to me that just came uh, very easily because i feel like i grew up as a very introverted kid and the thing with calcutta is like i feel like now it's become a very different city than the one i used grew up in but when i lived in calcutta there were very little things you could do as forms of like recreation in the sense that when you come to bombay and delhi recreation is actually like a cottage industry like you go out with your friends or you can like go watch a movie you know those things are so much part of someone's growing up life like you know there are parents who set across a period of their life to like send their friends to go out and like hang or like with their friends i don't think that was possible for us uh, in cal when i grew up it was just you would meet your friends at tuition or you would meet your friends if you went out to play badminton otherwise you had a large period of uh, 
free time during the day when you had to figure out what you could do with yourself and that's the time when you know i would take to writing or reading so to me it was very clear from early on that i would uh, pursue something in that arena um but journalism like i studied journalism in bombay i um, three years i studied bmm this course called bachelor's of mass media in bombay university and then i went to asian college of journalism to do a pg diploma in uh, print journalism so the reason i wanted to do journalism is again like i used to read a lot of uh, autobiographies and non fiction when i was uh, small so i read like a lot of books about investigative journalism that kind of like got my attention because as a writer also right now i don't know if i knew that back then but i'm a very slow writer in the sense that i'm not one of those people who can like write you know there are ta- very talented people who can write under 2 hours and every word they write is like sparkling clear i need a lot of like time to think so you know i've read a lot about so i was naturally drawn towards a lot of like um about slow writing and information about slow writing and what that means and the maximum amount of slow writing that you can do i feel is in investigative journalism in the sense that you take one topic and you just investigate it from every other angle and then you know after like maybe like a year of reporting or so you write that so that was very very fascinating to me and on the other end of the spectrum was like culture reporting which i thought was very interesting in the way you could like tell a period like what happened in a period of time just by seeing the culture around it for instance when we were growing up hindi cinema was very very different right it was more about like larger than life romantic uh, sharukh khan led excess which is also because at that point i feel like romance was the escapism at that point like you went to the movie theater to escape from real life right which is completely opposite to how life is right now where you go to movie theaters to not just forget about life but to see it reflected so you know that in effect can say so much about like the time the difference in the time period so i was very drawn to like anything that could give you like signs about the kind of period that you were living in so naturally i studied 3 years uh, in bombay and i really like figured that i would have a, a career in journalism because i thought that's something i could do very very well at in the sense that i wouldn't necessarily have to be at the center of attention but i could still you know do things that demanded attention um once i went to acj which is this i feel like one of the best colleges to go to study if you if you really want to pursue either like tv journalism or print journalism because although i believe there's no way to learn journalism it's more about like learning on the uh, job but there are also certain theories and certain things that can only come with practice and you know the mentors that you have at acj are like top notch so after that i actually didn't start out writing about films because again another problem i think in india is that there are very few avenues to study film um formally like obviously there are courses that have you know uh technicalities of film like you learn how to direct you learn how to like write a script and you learn like film appreciation but i'm not sure if there's like a proper dedicated course that's just film criticism so even when you like watch a film and you can appreciate as a cinephile that's very different than critiquing it right and usually like john i remember acj had an elective about it where baradwaj rangan who writes for film companion used to teach us about uh, how to basically write but that was like a three week elective course you know what i mean so there wasn't like anything very formal as opposed to the west where you have like colleges and courses dedicated to uh, film in my head that was never like something that i could do because uh, i i felt like i didn't have the kind of experience or knowledge so i initially started working at first post as a uh, news trainee where uh, i would uh, be on the desk and i would edit copies and i would manage social media but uh, there was also like uh, the person who was managing the entertainment desk shweta 
she also let me write a lot of entertainment pieces and uh, that's how i started writing about film and i realized that i really really enjoy it um but i was at first post for a very brief time because i wanted to write and my desk job wasn't allowing me to write as much so then i went to work with economic times and times of india where i was covering startup like for two years that's what i covered which is like completely different than film but i was also on the side writing a lot in the sense that i had a blog and you know you, i would any time i would see a film i would either post it on twitter or i would post it on facebook and um, then 3 years ago um i had an opening for a film writer and one of my friends who worked there uh, let me know about it and uh, you know the thing about like that i personally feel about um, film criticism in india at least for hindi film criticism is that it's such a niche um kind of category and not just for writing but also because uh, it it has kind of a very weird history around it in the sense that earlier uh, it was more about like just letting you know whether you should go watch a film and not so like people would only read reviews to know how many stars a a person has given and uh, secondly whether like this film is worth the time and not necessarily not necessarily say a dissection of the film you know it it kind of stemmed from the definition that a review is like a uh, kind of like the end um, end uh, judgment of a film and not like an opinion of someone who understands um say film a little bit better than anyone else um so it's it, it's like there are only like three four people writing and the only also publications i don't think demand uh, that much writing or commission that much writing so it's a very like small uh, uh, area to like work around like the people who have been writing about film have been writing about it for like 10 20 years so it's kind of difficult for new writers or younger writers um to write that frequently so like either you know you have to either wait for either someone to retire or an organization actually making a place for you in my case i was very lucky that you know a website like are wanted to take a chance on me because uh, i mean see uh, see writers like anupama chopra nandini ramnath uh, bardwaj rangan are so so well known today and they they have an understanding of writing that is far superior than like anyone else i would say because they've been doing it for so long but i mean they've also started at some point right like someone also had taken a leap of faith on them so i feel like for you to like also ne- like want newer voices because there's only so much you can read like you can't be reading like the two th- three people for like 20 years right if you need new people to write you also need to be supporting them which i think now a lot of publications are starting to do but like earlier there was this thing that only you know certain people knew about film because of the uh, kind of permanence that a rating had so i'm glad that's changing so uh, sorry i got a little diverted from the topic but i worked at array for 3 years the first film i remember the first film i reviewed for them was rangoon and i was very scared so bombay has press shows which is like there's usually like a press show that happens for the critics that uh, happens usually a day or two before the film actually releases so getting an invitation to the press show is a big deal because i mean obviously you have to like the pr has to know you and i was very scared that they wouldn't let me enter so i was like very anxious that you know i would be left outside and they would ask me who are you what is this publication we don't know about you but thankfully i managed to like go and i wrote a review and i've been writing uh, about film since then and uh, is generally like i think one of the i know a lot of people say about like, say things like you know it's so great to do things that you love like actually working uh doing something that you love for a living but i feel like film writing is so much more than that in the sense that 
more than putting out something or you know critiquing of critiquing a film or like telling people whether something's good or bad you also learn so much about yourself because ultimately films are like are windows to not just like understanding the world but also understanding yourself so in that sense i feel like it's i mean i don't think it could ask for like anything more apart from like getting commissioned more and like getting paid more maybe you have been writing on films for a fair amount of time now so do you find yourself falling back upon certain basic templates in your writing or do you find hard to avoid certain repetitions or phrases you want you don't want to repeat is it hard for you to do that um uh, see i think when you write reviews when you're someone who's writing review for a, reviews for a living you have a very set template in the sense that you know uh, movies are releasing every friday now obviously because of streaming and netflix movies the date changes it can be a wednesday it can be a saturday but you know how you have to structure the review like review writing is very different than say a feature writing like you in a feature writing you can make your own opinions you can like draw tangents but in a review you have to stick more you have to serve uh, the film more than your capabilities as a writer so there are times and often i mean there's hardly time that you get for you to think and for you to write so usually you see a movie and like within 30 uh, minutes you have to start writing and then 3 days later you, you might have a thought that you know you didn't have back then but now you can't write about it because it's done and reviews can't be edited or they can't be updated right so it's actually like the most basic things uh, that you think of or how you respond to in that sense i think it's very similar to food writing like both have the responsibility to translate the feeling of like seeing a movie or eating food as opposed to like describing in adjectives how great they are so one of the things i personally uh, like whenever i write i i'm very conscious about not doing is overusing a lot of adjectives which can be very very easy to do and like if you read some of my earlier stuff is just is just adjectives after adjectives because it's the very is the easiest way to describe something you say very good you say fine or you say this or that so that's something i completely try to avoid which is also a good exercise for your brain because then you're coming up with like different combinations and permutations to one single sentence it's like like a puzzle you know you've written a sentence but you know it doesn't work because either it doesn't flow or you've used you're saying the same words so the other thing i also do that i make an effort to ensure that you know if i'm using a word in a review i don't repeat it i mean which means that i'm googling synonyms for words very very often like that's why i feel like 60% of my writing process but if i used one word somewhere i ensure that you know i don't use that word anywhere again which also forces my brain to like think in different directions but i do think like as writers and if you've read like uh, certain writers for a long time you can also identify that they have some crutch words that they used to either like begin a paragraph or end a point or you know give example like i used to do this a lot when i used to start when i started reviewing i would open always with like a scene from a film you know to make a point and then go on to do the other things but now i'm changing that up now i can just like say something you know that's connected to with the movie but not necessarily in the movie or i just start off with the plot the other thing um that i religiously follow and i very very much believe in even though i think i'm not very good at it is like before i start writing i think of a word limit in my head because the thing about writing for the web which i do as an ad for ad which is a website which is technically not publishing so there is no like a uh, uh, problem of like i have to stick to 500 words or 600 words because you know they don't have space to publish but obviously uh, there's a set bracket of 1000 words i can't go beyond that but even then i set a like a um, say a word limit in my head for example i'm like okay this is a film and i think i will be able to say whatever i want to say in 700 words so then i force my brain to think in a way and to write in a way that i do justice to everything i have to say but in those 700 words which means a i'm cutting out the excess that i don't need 
that is just there for embellishment because i want to show people how much i have seen about the movie and how much like i know and how much i've observed and the second thing that helps you do and that i greatly admire about some of the writers i follow is that your writing is economical in the sense that you basically it, it comes across like a magic trick where you're saying 100 things but in 10 words you know instead of like using 100 words which i'm very uh, jealous of anyone who can do that and i feel like uh, uday bhatia who reviews for uh, mint lounge and rahul who reviews for film companion do that very very well like if you read one paragraph of rahul it will have like five different ideas but it's all contained in one paragraph and sometimes you're like okay i was just reading this one point that he's making but then he also made those three four points and like to dissect so like every time i write a review i've written my review uh and then i go on and read the reviews of other people other writers just to see that you know what they've done differently and you know how they've approached something even when like we have similar views or dissimilar views and like obviously the one thing that goes without mentioning that i feel anyone should do regardless of whether they're a published writer or someone who just likes writing is that you should never read um like for example if you want to write a review of a film like say gulabo sitabo for example you should never read any writing that's already been written about it because i'm not saying uh that you will necessarily copy the format or the style but you know sometimes you're never aware that subconsciously what you might just end up repeating in a different way so it's always like safe to just write whatever you have in mind and then later uh you know see what everyone else is doing um ma'am if you ever uh, write against a big star vehicle film that has its own army of fanatics uh, how do you handle the reception of your reviews So initially um uh, there's a running joke at Are where my editors think that I do not like any movie. So one of the good things about being someone who had no connections uh, in film writing and I was writing for a website that wasn't like a legacy publication they never told me that you know you can't have this opinion about a film or you have to be nice to this film because it's a Shahrukh Khan film or Amir Khan film. So I could be writing anything and like my initial few films are very very like brutal in the sense that if I haven't liked something I have very like told it in the sometimes quite mean but sometimes very like nicely that this is the worst thing that i have seen and also i think that kind of intensity comes because uh film reviewers also see so much more bad films that anyone has an idea that you know when you see a good film you like it so so much and when you see a bad film it's that that disappointing because you're wasting 3 hours of your life then you're writing for 6 hours and it's like pure agony so i initially when i used to write and you know you put up anything on twitter and facebook you know the kind of trolls that you're going to get you know the kind of comments you're going to get but when you're starting out in a uh, in a category or on a beat when you have like say no reputation so to say i was coming from startup uh, reporting which means like anyone could ask why i was writing about film and why listening to my opinion was so valid so for me at that point my yardstick became the comments and the replies that i would get to know whether you know people liked what i was writing or whether i was you know even like writing what was right or wrong so that became my yardstick and initially uh, like i feel like salman khan trolls on twitter can be really really nasty then like and they'll take you and they'll call you like all sorts of names and the funniest part is when you go through the comments you realize some of them even haven't seen the film they're just there to like just like say that you undermine your intelligence and say that you understand nothing which is like i'm not saying that my opinion on a salman khan film is the opinion you should listen to and it's the like the last opinion the only correct opinion but i mean it's also an opinion you should acknowledge right so right now i don't think i read uh, comments or i read uh, replies at all but i do like obviously 
if you're a writer, it's very like stupid to also say that I don't care about validation. Then I would rather be writing in my diary. So like when writers are admired, share my work. Obviously, that's a great feeling. So now that's my yardstick. <laughs> also, uh, how voracious are you a consumer of the various streaming platforms? Are you a very compulsive binge watcher? And do you have any strict preferences, say, regarding watching a film in a theater versus watching a film on your personal device? Um, uh, I know. I'm not uh, okay. So I'll break that answer in two parts. I'm not a very, um, I'm not very pedantic about which screen I watch a film in. Like for example, um, all of us have access to streaming platforms and all of us have phones. So if I'm rewatching, say, an old film, say, a Jabbi Men that I just want to rewatch on a Sunday because I know it'll make me feel happy. Seeing Anshuman on screen and seeing him act out is going to make me happy. I don't mind watching it on my phone. Like I feel like. I'm kind of screen agnostic in a way, but I also would, if I had the choice between watching a film that's coming out, that's a big ticket film that is going to be an experience. I have an option of watching it on my screen versus watching it uh, at the theater. I would obviously prefer that, but I feel like for me, film watching, and I think it's also um, because as a reviewer, you watch so many films alone. You know, I also for me, it's more important to watch whether I'm watching it with like someone. As opposed to whether I'm watching it alone, than like the screen debate. Um, so I would definitely like going to the theaters to watch movies with my friends who are also writing about the film is the best scenario for me. As uh, uh, the question about streaming platforms, I think uh, you know it's like I remember I had a conversation with a friend when Irfan Khan died, and you know I remember like at least my generation, at least the people who are my Age. I'm pretty sure you guys are much younger. You're like Gen Z, but like the millennials that I know, we were all very. Uh, our reactions were very, very. You know, it wasn't like sophisticated or polished as like film journalists should react. But we were very. We felt like personally invested in it because, like my friend was saying, that you know, our career started at the time where we grew up seeing Irfan Khan as an actor in the sense that I can tell you his first film and I can tell you his last film. Like a lot of like say Namrata Joshi would be able to do that with Amitabh Bachchan, right? So. the same is what i think about streaming platforms like i we've seen uh, is genesis and we are seeing how it is going now and what will be the future of it so if i'm someone who's working or who's writing about film and tv i feel like it's imperative for me to be very very well versed with the streaming platform because that's also telling me about india at the moment right for instance uh, if like all of these uh, streaming platforms are having uh, so many shows that revolve around like gangsters or revolve around violence or revolve around uh, social commentary that's an indication of you know not just uh, what we want to see but also what's happening around the world because essentially creators are reacting to life to make stories so if i'm someone who's writing about these films or these shows i should also know not just what's going on in the world but also what's going on on your streaming platforms right and especially right now given the pandemic when you can't go out and watch movies i mean streaming platforms are your window to the world and your window to ideas and writing and all of that film journalism has seen changing trends with the advent of digital divide how do you perceive this and especially now film journalism has been precariously indivisible from the pr works so what are your views on this and what are, what do you think are the soft spots of indian journalism scenario and how can we work uh, to better this I mean, see, I feel like Indian journalism, even Indian film journalism, is like like India is like like you can't like break it into a single entity. And like I'm not well versed with the remaining part of Indian journalism, so I'll only talk about like 
Hindi journalism in the English language where, uh, like you said, like sometimes uh, because of access to stars, if you're someone who's also doing interviews or who's also doing feature writing, you have to like contend with the PRs of the actors. It's not just like you can call the actor and say, hey, I want to do an interview with you. You have to go through Netflix or you have to go through Amazon or you have to go through their PRs who have their own agendas. But you also have to make it very clear that this is the story I'm doing. So my uh, the things that I always look for when I read a piece of writing is, is the writer telling me something that the film is also trying to say? I feel like uh, uh, last year I went uh, to Berlinale Talents, which is the Berlin Film Festival's writing program, where, uh, uh, where five mentors from across the world actually teach you how to appreciate film. You cover the film festival for, for two weeks. It's a very intense program. So one of the things we were taught there that any, uh, any film writing that is basically kind of uh, basically promoting the message that the director also wants to say is, is something that you should look at with suspicion. Because if you are literally telling me what the director is telling me through the film, and if you are just like taking that message forward without questioning it or without adding your own two bits to it, are you giving me an opinion or are you just repeating something I already know? Um, so in that sense, I feel like it's, it's kind of unfortunate in a way that uh, Hindi film journalism doesn't exist, so to say. It's either like entertainment reporting or it's reviews, which are also so, I mean, such a small space. Like you'll have only three, four or five publications doing the proper, like putting the rigor to like reviewing. It'll be Indian Express, it'll be Scroll, it'll be Mint Lounge, Wire, Film Companion, Aria. you can like count it in your fingers, half post. And uh, even like the interviews are so concentrated because, you know, it depends so much about the access you have, the relationship you have with stars. So you see like only two, three people doing, getting to do those interviews because how it happens is a film is going to release and then they'll have a press conference and they'll give you like 20 minutes uh, time with an actor who's playing the lead role, who's going to see the same thing that he's going to tell five other people too. So in that sense, like what is your interview if like he's literally saying the same thing to everyone else? So to get that actor to say something of value and say something that actually means something and you can do a piece on is also quite, I mean, the odds are stacked against you. So my, I'm not sure how we can change the change this unless like, you know, more publications start realizing how important, you know, this beat can be. And given that, you know, as a country, we are still not just obsessed with Hindi cinema, but we cannot imagine life without it, right? There's like... It's, it's not just going global in the sense that our films are not even premiere, not just premiering at film festivals, but they're also like, I feel like now is the time where you can see the ambition in also films, right? Like it's kind of the new direction it's heading towards where a Sonchiria is the best film of 2019, you know, according to me, even though there are star-led vehicles, even though there are films that are much flashier and much more big budgeted. But the fact that a Sonchiria gets the reception that it gets tells you everything that's wrong with not just, you know, film journalism, which I'm not sure if it exists, because right now it's just entertainment reporting, which is telling you what an actor is wearing, telling you where they're spotted at an airport, telling you what Temur is eating today, or like, you know, census, like just making someone's death, blowing it out of proportion. So it's, it's also so related to clickbaits, you know, because again, if you're a website, you need people to be reading it. And also like, I don't think we have a culture of reading pieces that are long form or reading pieces that are more than just, you know, just uh, like just shock value pieces that to inculcate that is going to be a long process and it needs um, the support of publication and editors to, you know, 
not just like continue coverage but also expand on it like for example if you notice i feel like um india doesn't also have like a film festival culture in the sense that you don't have reportage on film festival as uh, as urgently and you know as uh, through the year that you have in the west of course like namrata joshi from the hindu she does stellar coverage she'll travel to film festivals and she'll write about films and there are a couple of others who also do that but that's also like the exception it's not the norm and unless you know we inculcate that and make understand that you know film festival films are also the films that you know everyone else should be watching and not just the films that release at the theater i don't think there's way to like um, like further this conversation also another way i think the streaming platforms help is that the uh, these films that you know earlier only 100 people who were interested in films and who would go to a film festival would go and watch now there's also a possibility of seeing that on a streaming platform so the access definitely helps right and hopefully that will also like lead to more writing about it and more writers and like more publications wanting pieces like that so we're also selected for the berlinale talents could you talk about that experience how enriching it was and um and just for the uninitiated can you discuss the what the structure what the program of the talents was sure um so uh, berlin film festival which is uh, in my opinion the best film festival that you can go to if you're looking not just for like you know uh big filmmakers who are premiering their films but also to get a sense of what film fest what a film festival actually is it's basically an sense of community right is the joy of discovering something before the whole world does which technically films that go to film festivals aren't released yet so you're essentially seeing a first draft version and it's such a joyful secret feeling to see people like you know who could be strangers respond to like one piece of art the same way as you when like to for them to react to it is just like a i feel like that's the reason all of us are cinephiles or we love watching films right so um berlin film festival has something called berlinale talents which extends to like they send out they have programs for actors for directors for screenwriters for producers for sales agents and they have a um berlinale talents which is the film criticism lab where uh, they select eight um critics from around the world anyone can apply the application process is free and uh, you apply to that and what they're looking for is that you have to be under 30 years of age and you have to be someone who's a published writer in the sense that either like early on in your career or mid career but you have to be like writing for a publication you have to be a regular film reviewer and i think they have like a uh, number of uh, films uh, films that you should have written about i don't exactly remember that so you have to uh, the application includes you filling out a couple of questions about why do you want to be a part of that and what you're looking to learn from that experience and also like you sending samples and from there they select and uh, there's a lot of indian participation every year especially in the film labs and the documentary sections and uh, uh, actors producers so i feel like the film criticism lab is one of the most enriching experiences i have had because in terms of when i i worked for an organization for 3 years where i've also edited pieces and the thing about editing in india is that it's at its basic level because like we are so um we are so short on time and we have to like publish a piece like you know someone i want someone to write a piece and they've written in 2 hours and then i publish it immediately this is like 80% of the situation there's very rarely that someone can take longer than that so the editing process is also very uh, very very fast where you just see the basic things that the word limit someone has met the word limit or you know 
grammatical errors or just changing some things giving them some ideas about like how it could be better it's a very obviously it's also a learning process but it's a very basic process in general when i went to bolinale talents and they have assignments every day there's an assignment we have like group discussions all of us go and watch the same film then come back and discuss it with the whole group then we have assignments every day you have to write you have to write three reviews you have to write one feature and then you have to write one long form piece and that long form piece has to get published in some um publication it could be indian it could be like any foreign publication as well and all of this is done in like two weeks and in between you also have talks you have to like go watch a certain amount of films because you're also at a film festival but and everyone's assigned a mentor there are three mentors and like out of the eight you get divided between the three mentors who are film writers and film theorists from across the world um but when i was there uh, the mentor that i had dana she was so impeccable in the sense that when i would uh, file a draft she would be asking me why asking me the reason behind every line that was in the piece so you know like i start off like this or i say something like this she's like why have you added this line what is this telling me and is this just your opinion if it's just your opinion why is it not based by based on fact or like give me an example from the film i shouldn't you shouldn't just say things like she told me you can't say things like you know this film um Uh, doesn't doesn't say what it doesn't do what it uh, promises to because she's like no one has seen the film so this is just you saying something because you feel it but why do you feel it you have to give me an example from the film that tells me that shows me that it does this and then you tell me this then i will believe you you know so things like that and through that process what i realized is that which i now do like every time i write a line and when i write a piece i see to it that every line is serving a purpose which is like how you train your brain to think also at the end of the day and uh, it, it's just like a practice it's the most basic practice of writing i mean your brain then after a while starts thinking in a way that it has no space for any extra words or extra lines that are nothing to it and also i feel like having uh, i mean like for me that was one of the first experiences of me going to a place or going or being in an environment where there were people around me who did the same thing and who were also of similar age as me and who might have had the same problems insecurities that i have for instance like i used to feel like i'm not sure if you know what i'm doing is right or wrong to just to just hear someone else say the same thing also also feels very um very not just inspiring but it feels like okay you're not the only one you know who's just feeling like a fish out of water so just the opportunity to like interact with people writers from across the world also gives you a sense of where you stand on like a global level also and not just you know in bombay seeing a film in versova and writing about it 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 makes you it makes you not just like it makes you confident and underconfident at the same time because you're constantly aware that you know you need to do better because there are so many other people who are so much better than you so like i would recommend that for anyone who's even serious about writing directing producing because so much of like writing also is networking like you have to because again writing inherently is such a lonely thing to do right i mean regardless of whether you're writing about film or you're writing about food or you're writing about like city culture you're basically you have to like tune out the whole world get yourself in a room and like just sit in front of a laptop for 3 4 hours when like your friends could be doing so much more fun things so the only way which is why like you know i feel like writers have this sense of like you know community so much more because it's so much nicer to talk be able to talk to people also and like you know there are only so few people who will understand the problems that you have so in that sense i think it's a very it's an eye opening experience and 
that's also uh, something that's great about being a film critic of my age at this time is that all of these most of these film festivals have film criticism labs you know like uh, film writing labs i know rotterdam has one um bolinale obviously has one a couple of other film festivals have one where you apply and it it trains you to be a better writer kind of you know makes up for the fact that there's no formal course or that you may not have studied a formal course you know um ma'am you were also a part of the manish acharya award jury at mami so yeah. what were the joys of that particular job and uh, how did what did you gain or learn from it and could you talk about uh, your favorite festival memories sure um so last year at mami i was the one of the jury members the other was the filmmaker adesh uh, so both of us were interested with the category which was manish acharya new voices where debut we had to see 20 films made by debut filmmakers and we had to adjudge a winner out of them so i feel like the particular joys of that is that i i i tweeted this yesterday is that being a writer often feels like you have homework for the rest of your life you know you're just always like either writing or like making something you've written better or just rewriting and it just can feel like endless work at some time and after a point you can kind of forget what it means to just watch something for pleasure because in your brain after the point you just wired to make notes or jot down something or do something you know so like to just watch things for pleasure is can be a great privilege which i think this uh, um uh, the opportunity to uh, be part of the jury kind of allowed me i was doing what i love which is like watch films but i didn't necessarily have the homework later which is like write 800 pieces on that because you watch films very differently in that sense even when you're not aware of it so one of the joys was definitely that the second joy also was the fact that um, after both of us watched the 20 films separately uh, smriti who is the creative director of mami called us into a room and all three of us sat and we actually talked about each of the films because we had to like shortlist five and then go and shortlist the winner and then there were films that i didn't care about much that adish really really liked and he was convincing me why the film stands a chance so you know that also opens your mind up like you know the fact that you may have not liked a film but someone else has and that passion to tell you why that film works also makes you like see a film from a different perspective so that was very very i think we sat there for 2 3 hours and we just went by every film that we watched and you know we had a very i don't think we fought very dramatically but we had like very very clear options and ideas about what we wanted to win so i think we took an easy way out uh because after the point both of us liked two films but we were like listen we really can't decide and smithy was like no you have to decide so we were like can we just split it because we genuinely like both of those films very very much and like the two films that were winners were bombay rose by gitanjali rao that is uh, gitanjali that's coming on netflix soon hopefully and the other was by other was uh, achal's gamaghar which is i'm not i think it's still on movie library Yeah. and it was, and it's a very interesting kind of difference one is a first time filmmaker who was i think 24 at the time you know like the peak or like the epitome of like a new directorial voice who represented you know a generation and the other was also first time filmmaker but who was you know much older and who had who had i think acted in october just before that and who had spent like years on this film and both these films are passion projects for them because achalaino has directed the film he's written it he's produced it as well as gitanjali who's done the animation she's been working on it while she was also shooting for october so you know it's a very nice poetic kind of uh, touch and uh, yeah so from the category that i judged these two were my absolute favorites and i'm so stoked that everyone can watch it also um but i also really really like this film called neemto 
by i think saurav uh, it went to khan if i'm not wrong and uh, and oh there was this other film called kisle's uh, uh, aise hi yeah 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 i really really enjoyed that too it was a very it's one of those things you know i admire a film that is political without like you know brandishing how political it is and the thing is that aise uh, hi does a very very subtle and you know you will miss it you know it's like what gulabu sitabo does like when the film is over you realize what it has done to you right it's the same thing with aise hi it's not like every moment isn't just like calling attention to itself you realize the charm of the film and what it actually ends up doing much much later because nowadays also i feel like when you're making a political film you know you can be so consumed by the fact that you are making a political statement that somewhere you lose sense of the narrative or you know you forget what the story that you're trying to say um but also uh, i feel like last year i i know this is the year for nostalgia because we are not sure if mummy can happen this year given the circumstances but and this is not coming from a place of bias but i do think that last year mummy had an insane selection of films both in terms of films that were selected and films that you know were admitted and uh, e wali ool which was not obviously part of my jury but which is one of the competing films and which won the top award in mummy is i would say one of the like apart from sonjuria even though it didn't get a release last year so i'm not sure if you can call a film of 2019 but one of the better films that i had seen last year so ma'am there has been an assumption that ott space is safe haven for indie filmmakers but of late we have seen how most of the platforms have completely bent over to mainstream populist sensibility movie has faced issues regarding abysmal payment rate netflix and prime have been infamous for limiting the shelf life of independent films which they have previously bought so do, are you optimistic at all about the ott platforms or do you think they will by any chance help even a bit uh, the independent film because i mean see by design and by structure it is meant to um, be of the most help to independent directors right because the the plus point of an ott platform is access in the sense that i can tell you guys how great a film ebali who is but if you weren't at mummy you would have no idea of its effect right but if the film is at a streaming platform you could be anywhere that is not bombay but you can see it and you can also like uh feel it so i mean like after a point the conversation shouldn't just be about like whether there are indie films existing and how many filmmakers are making indie films but also a conversation about how many people get to watch it because you can make the best film of the whole wide world but it means nothing if people don't get to watch it and i feel that's where by design streaming platforms are supposed to help but you are right i mean they are also operating from a point of view where they are treating this film as like an afterthought or as like you know the second choice and that shows like limited shelf lives or no promotion at all in some cases like i remember when sony came on netflix a lot of people had no idea that it would come on netflix and you know only which is where again like film journalists or people who love films come into effect because when you know a film is good you just like tweet about it and you write write about it on facebook or you write a piece and that's how you make people aware but after a point if if a netflix can spend so much money time promoting a bard of blood which is i mean not even i wouldn't even like to call it mediocre because it was that bad but if you can spend that much money you also have to like think about films like this so i feel like i'm very optimistic about um, these streaming platforms kind of uh, uh, mainstreaming or you know giving more access to indie films but i really think that's impossible without 
the right people at charge like uh, you have to hire people not because they are ta- not because they have like a lot of connections or network not because they are from bollywood but people who actually have a fine understanding of the space who know who these uh, filmmakers are who you know like will champion them as much as a shahrukh khan film so that way i mean the promotion or the marketing or the Uh, just the delivery of like a indie film that's on the same platform as like a ravan can't be the same right you have to develop newer languages for that and for that you don't just need time and money like lots of budgets but you also need to have people who speak that language as well right uh, ma'am with the rise of uh, ayushman khurana bla- uh, brand of films there has been an increase in the number of films with social messages in the mainstream uh, hindi commercial cinema uh while they may start an important conversation they are not that good as per cinematic standards uh, sure. so what are your uh, what are your views on this matter i mean i'm not a big fan of socially relevant films because i think uh, i mean at least at least for hindi cinema i think they use it as an excuse that you know look we have made a film that's so socially relevant so like that's an excuse and that's why you should look away from the other flaws of the film because i mean if if someone's making a film for example bala which is also by ayushman khurana which i thought was a i wouldn't say terrible film but it wasn't a great film either but i mean everyone's talking about it because it mainstreams a very pertinent issue which is you know uh, male ball ballness premature ballness but after a point uh, there's only so much you can appreciate the fact that okay they're telling something that's of value because at the end of the day isn't that the job of a filmmaker to tell stories that matter so why should you treat um a socially relevant message differently just because they have a message so to say and uh, i mean you know like i'm generally fond of ayushman khurana but at this time i also think and i do believe that he's become a genre onto himself but at this point i feel like he also should challenge himself a little because he's also kind of just repeating characters and i mean of course he does it wonderfully but you also have to realize at what point i mean this is the sequel problem in bollywood right like you never know when to stop like one film has done well so you have like the sequel and then you have another thing or you have a franchise or you know kanan johar will make student of the year 2 dostana 2 even though that's not required at all so that's the same thing with like this brand of socially messaged films that are just done you know it's it occupies the same position right now that horror films used to when like vikram bhat was making them which is basically easiest way to make money at the box office you have you know there are tropes to it you have bipasha vashu at a point i think there wasn't any horror film in hindi cinema where bipasha vashu was not in it she was either playing a ghost or a vampire or a corpse or like someone who's about to become a ghost and all of those movies you know it's very fun to tweet about them and say oh my god what the fuck was this movie but they've made so much money and like they are like sometimes when you read the box office figures like sometimes i feel like i'm reading the wrong thing and there's something wrong with my eyesight but they huge hits and there's a reason for that right i mean it's the easiest lowest hanging fruit and the more you will make it the more people watch it and uh, especially since the past few years bengali cinema bengali film industry has been going through a very dismal rough patch and the bengali ott space is a completely unpleasant sore site so how do you perceive how do you reflect this do you watch a lot of bengali films i of late i'm not watching a lot now uh, given the pandemic given i have so much time now i've restarted watching but there was a point when i used to be very clued into bengali films like i knew 
uh, where Jeet, you know, there was this rivalry between Jeet and Dave and Champion, and that was like when I was growing up, and I knew all the lines by heart, and I knew like I had a favorite Bumkesh, and I was like, no, I don't like Abhijit Chatterjee in this. I only like this person. So I had a lot of opinions back then, but I know like my sister watches a lot of. Um, my sister my parents they watch a lot of bengali serials and i feel like the problem with the ott platform is that it's too cluttered in the sense that they're doing what old balaji used to do in the beginning where they're just like repackaging serials meant for the tv on a streaming platform so for them it's not necessarily like understanding how a streaming platform works but just as a means of distribution that okay we used to have this on tv now let's make a low budget accessible version of this on the phone just for convenience so i feel like that's one of the problems like i'm not i don't know much so i wouldn't be able to like say uh, do a better job of it but i do understand that for them it's more about convenience and just like you know uh, just like filling up the space with like more stuff rather than actually paying attention to quality but i do one thing like when i was growing up i wasn't a big fan of proshanjit but of late i've come to like admire his, his films a lot more because i think <laughs> he's kind of taking some challenges like he's not very now he's not yeah. stuck that much to become the hero that he used to be at one point he was obsessed with only playing the hero and like like ridiculous heroes at some point but uh, the there was another film last year i think at mami a bengali film that had proshanjit thing was nirandol yeah yeah that i really really liked because it's not something i would have expected him to play like it's a very very un proshanjit like role and uh, he's he's also very <laughs> He's also very expressive actor, right? Like, which can be both good for him and also bad. Because I remember there were crying scenes where there was no part of his face that wasn't crying. Like, you could count the muscles on his face. And here he was so subdued. So, which was a very nice change. And which were some, which were some recent contemporary Bengali films that you really liked? I really liked. I'm not sure. It's like very recently, but I really really liked Asha Jawar Manche. that uh, aditya vikram sen gupta is genuinely one of the filmmakers that i keenly follow i haven't watched his uh, the film he made after that which mm-hmm. had uh, jim sar by thing yeah, i haven't watched that. yeah i haven't seen that so really like asha jawan manje i'm i'm not sure how i feel about shrijit mukherjee since begum jaan as like i feel like there should be a blanket ban on him for a while but he's one of those filmmakers uh, who always gets a reaction out of you which i find very fascinating like regardless of whether you like or hate it you will have something to say about her yeah. shijit uh, mukherjee film it's like like a lot of like rohit shetty in a way at least like he's come to become right now so that's someone um, i really really like and uh, i'm a very old school bengali film watcher in the sense that i will watch any and every remake or sequel that will exist about feluda or bumkesh i will literally watch i will rewatch i will watch it even if it's bad i will watch it so i watched everything that porambrato has done or jishu shengupto has done so like bengali cinema i follow more actors than like wow. uh, uh, filmmakers in that sense yeah and uh, but i'm all for uh, more bengali actors permeating hindi cinema like i love the fact that porambrato is just playing like men in hindi cinema who is just attracted to demons half demons half women like he was attracted to a half demon in pari in bulbul also he is attracted to a half demon so i guess that's working out well for him i loved shashwato chatterjee in uh, uh, kahani but that was a while ago um i also liked khoraj mukherjee in uh, meri pyari bindu a very underrated movie that could have been uh, so much more but you know it was like kind of limited 
so yeah what are the contemporary filmmakers that i should be looking out for in bengali cinema bodhan mukherjee and maybe atunu ghosh is is koshik is koshik ganguly still making films ओ even like recently i don't remember like hearing a lot about female filmmakers apart from aparna sen obviously but her films were also like the films you learn about in like college or school and not necessarily like watch as entertainment right those are like your like the version of academics rather than recreation did you see her last film whatever it is yeah i didn't like it much nobody liked nobody liked it <laughs> <laughs> it released in bombay it had a and you know the thing about thing about being a bengali i know this sounds very cliched but the thing about being a bengali who lives outside calcutta and who lives in bombay is that you get you romanticize these bengali films that end up getting a release in bombay a lot so i remember like before this film released i was telling everyone that this was going to be the film of the year like forget hindi films and i also took two friends to watch it and it was so bad they didn't talk to me for like two weeks so then i had to like make them watch like uh, mr and mrs iyer and 36 children uh, lane and see uh, that you know i mean it's okay it's one and so now i'll experience yeah so could you tell us about some of the critics you uh, who who lent to your understanding towards cinema and whom you are uh, just to read and is there any piece of advice you'd like to give to aspiring critics other than integrity um when it comes to writers i'm very drawn towards film writers especially who have other interest apart from film because i mean that's the kind of writing i really like where you're writing about a film but you're also like writing about society you're bringing in a book reference or bringing in a reference to like a musical piece you know just building the understanding of how one piece of art can necessarily inspire other um uh, other uh, other genres or you know other things and how they all intersect so i uh, i really really like obviously the basics Pauline Kael Roger Ebert but also Emily Nazmam who used to be the TV writer for New Yorker and the one mm. thing that another thing i ri- like about a film writer or a TV writer is the ability to not look down upon stuff like for example Emily is a much older uh, writer right but she would have the same kind of passion that she would have while she's watching say a prestige show like breaking bad as opposed to when she's watching like a trashy reality show like love is blind she will have the same kind of passion and the same kind of respect you know and so that shows as a as a critic or as a writer that shows your ability to engage with something that may not be a cup of tea but just the fact that you're not looking down upon it like for example last year one of my other favorite films was war and i can't like explain it but i had the most fun watching rithik and i never thought like never thought as a person i would be recommending a tiger shroff film but here we are the opening scene where, with tiger shroff and the whole action sequence of the shot and that was brilliantly done for a mainstream action film and that's the kind of it's not great cinema like we are not like talking about that but it's also like cinema that shows like how you can be completely ridiculous and completely outlandish but also like have fun with it right and i feel yeah. like 
that's also the purpose of mainstream cinema at the end of the day that obviously you have certain expectations from it but they only certain they can fulfill and if a film just fulfills that that's a great sign so like a lot of writers wouldn't take war seriously because i mean it's fluffy but doing good fluffy is also a talent i would say so other the indian writers i follow a lot of like hindi film writers and indian writers um, i read devika girish who writes for film comment she's uh, one of the most one of the writers who has like a lot of clarity and like a beautiful turn of phrases i read uday bhatia and i read rahul desai like you know it's uh, like it's part of my syllabus i read tanul uh, from the wire a lot because uh, you know you can count again tanul tanul's reviews whether you agree or disagree with them and in most cases you will disagree with it but it will get a reaction out of you and there have been cases where you know i've seen a film away and i've read tanul's review and he's seen a film a completely different way and i'm like what is tanul thinking but then that is also you know made me reconsider a film which i think is the greatest compliment any you can like get as a writer that something you've written has made someone else not change their world view but like kind of made them reflect on it um who else i follow aditya shri krishna who used to write for cinema express but now he writes a silver screen mm-hmm. and he has a column uh, i think he has a fortnightly column on tv he has a insane knowledge about south indian films telugu tamil uh, films and uh, he also has a very uh, like for example i think uday also does this very well like even when they like a film they will not the writing you can't tell by the writing whether they love it or not they're very like restrained about how much they like a film which also i think is one of the things uh, one of the talents of being a good film critic is that even when you like a film your piece shouldn't be a rave right because that's again pr i mean there's a way of like showing that you really love a film but not going and saying this is the best film of the year i mean those those proclamations are very easy to do and they'll get you clickbaits but it's also so wrong right how do you know this is the best film of the year have you seen all the other films yeah. to say that you know that's a very wrong thing to say I also follow Kenneth Rosario who writes for the Hindu. Yeah. He doesn't he he writes mostly about arts and culture but there are sometimes he writes about films and TV so that's a very interesting perspective only because he doesn't do it regularly so he comes with a very different set of like views on how he sees it like for him his uh, like he's since he's not doing it week after week there are certain things that he is not willing to forgive that you know someone who's doing it week after week might be able to like when you see 10 films you know like and you see an 11th film the standard for that 11th film are the 10 films that you're seeing right so you're like willing to like say that okay it was bad but they at least managed something that these other films did but sometimes when kenneth is reviewing his only source of reference is that 11th film right so he's much he's more like uh, he 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 holds them up to say sometimes a better standard than anyone else might i also i obsessively read uh, namrata also also because i feel like she she used to write for the hindu also again um the one thing i really really admire about namrata's writing is that her knowledge of film like she she can be writing a film about a review of 2020 a film that's released in 2020 but she'll draw uh, exper- experiences and like examples from films from 1960 1970s which i may not have necessarily watched when i read this review but i'll want to watch you know so that's very very interesting to me so i think yeah that's all that i read and any advice you would like to give to aspiring critics um aspiring critics i would definitely advise them to you know just be very very shameless about figuring out how they can get their writing published because uh-huh. we are 
we are living at a time where it's very easy and i mean that's the whole point of writing it's that you know you don't need a qualification to be a writer like you know you don't have to do three degrees to become a writer obviously you can have those three degrees to complement your writing but that's not your only qualification so because it is so accessible everyone is a writer on instagram on twitter on facebook and which is which is something i really really like because it means five people are not the gatekeepers of what good writing is or what can be film writing that there is so much writing so much diversity in writing also shows that you know the con the larger aspects of the conversations we can be having it's not just you know a meeting with your friends in a living room it's a much bigger uh, uh, scene than that so which is also the reason that you're writing sorry which is also the reason that your writing can get lost very easily if you're just putting up on your twitter or on your instagram and it's very very important to have to get published because that's that's how it works in india at least that it's very easy for you to get more opportunities based on that like for instance when i went to bolinale talents and i got to write for a couple of uh, pub- foreign publications that was my stepping stone to the world of foreign publications where if i only wrote for indian publications or if i didn't have that experience i wouldn't know how to navigate that world so once you start writing for a publication you understand how to write for other publications also and trust me it's a very um democratic process in the sense that you know earlier it's not like only writers or journalists can write right now if you have a pitch or if you like can send across a spec piece an editor you can be rest assured that an editor of a publication that you're pitching to will read it if they reject it that's a different thing but there's also a possibility of them accepting it so one of the things is not just keep writing but also figure out ways to get published because at the end of the day you're not just writing because you love it but also because you want to turn it into a viable profession which should be i think the end goal for everyone involved in this uh, industry because you shouldn't have to like be a writer and still be struggling to earn money or treat it as a side hustle and do something else just because it doesn't pay that much so that's number one the number two thing is that i think if you are a film writer not only you should watch films which is i think the basic but you should also like do other things have other interests like read books or like watch documentaries or like be into music because that can also deepen your understanding of film in more ways than you can know and it's almost like no one likes someone who is just like you know an ency- encyclopedia of sorts about films you know that's not for that you can just go to wikipedia like what you're looking for in a piece of writing is the understanding of human emotion and the understanding of human connection or the world which can only come when you engage with other forms of art that also exist and um, i think one of the things when i was starting out uh, i was very lucky enough to have and now i can call them friends uday and rahul but when i was starting out you know there were there were things that rahul told me that i took to heart is that i would be very worried about whether i was you know copying a writer who like for example whether i was copying the style so to say of say anuday or tanul or rahul and uh, rahul told me once that you know when you start out of course you are bound to get inspired by the writers you follow right that's the reason you will follow them is because you like the style and there will always be a attempt at your end to like write like them but that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world as long as you're not plagiarizing what they're writing if you like imitation is not the worst thing that can happen to you because after a while you will get tired of doing that and you will want to develop your own voice so i feel like a lot of writers just hurry this process of finding your own voice own voice because on internet it's very easy to be snarky or it's very easy to like have an opinion that like stands out but 
they very like short term goals it's not long term or something that will stay with you like what happens after the internet moves on from snarky writing what is going to be your voice then you know so i feel like you should just like take your time with developing your own voice which will happen after a year or two like i feel like another advice that i would uh, want everyone to take to heart is that the first 3 years of your life of any writing career you're going to write the most shittiest things you've ever written as a writer uh, anyone should ever write as a writer and it's going to make you feel very bad and you're going to feel like you know you know nothing if you're writing this badly but also like you can't wake up and become the greatest writer in the world i mean writing is also at the end of the day practice and the more bad writing you will get out of your system the more space there will be for you to i mean refine your writing and the more you write the more you get published your bad writing is also like a sign of growth right so for example right now if i read a 2017 piece that i've written i will cringe throughout it and say like you know there are so many things i could have done better but and then after that if i read a 2020 piece i've written i can also see the growth that i've had as a writer and like how much better i've become and you know right now everything that you write exists on the internet so there's no running away you can't pretend to be smarter than you are but i mean it's also like a part of life right you you want to do something because you like it not because you're the greatest at it and then you develop how to be good at it and uh, this is something i feel very strongly that i don't think you're born a writer of course some people know the technical aspect of it you know like i have friends who will sit down and just produce 500 words of insanely good prose but uh, they're not born writers they are they can do that because either they have a discipline or second they just like keep practicing so the good the only way to become a writer is to just like keep practicing at it and knowing that there's not a right or a wrong way to be a writer you know uh, ma'am so one final question what are the shows or movies that you have been watching during this quarantine and uh, would like to recommend to us okay so of late my watching uh, reputation has gone down the drain in the sense that uh, i feel like we're reaching the part of a pandemic where there's so much fatigue that you know my attention span is low i miss not being able to do the things that would give normal life the kind of enjoyment distraction so i'm watching rewatching a lot of stuff that i like and i'm watching a lot of reality shows because those are easy things to watch make you feel better about yourself especially when you're having a week when you've not done much writing so i watched indian matchmaking because i again i like reality shows a lot i like what they tell about society our preoccupations and arranged marriage is like our second greatest obsession after uh, bollywood i would say even like cricket doesn't come as close i mean obviously cricket and arranged marriage i think are similar so like it's very interesting to see how that is commodified as a content as a piece of content you know this re- lived in reality that at least women have to go through is becoming content is very fascinating to me so i watched indian matchmaking but i've uh, i've also been utilizing the movie library a lot watching films that i haven't seen recently movie uh, movie now has all the films for of amit datta which like i remember used to be very difficult like his films are genuinely difficult to find even on the internet and i remember seeing half of it because it premiered it was playing at some film festival so i'm this weekend i'm planning to rewatch or like watch all of amit datta films but otherwise what i try doing is is this thing i've started doing is i try to um, go like for example uh, take for example pta uh, paul thomas anderson I know there are some films I watched of it, and I just like read his Wikipedia and see what are the films I haven't watched. So I go director by director, and then I watch what films of his that I haven't watched, just to have that kind of base of like having watched everything of every director. And right now, it's a very good time to do that. Um, for shows, I'm I watched Shit's Creek recently that I really liked. Um, I watched uh, I watched uh, 
I'm I'm very into true crime uh, documentaries, and uh, I know it sounds very perverse, but it it calms me like nothing else. There's this really great series on Hotstar called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. That's based on a true crime uh, investigative reporting book that actually helped catch the killer, Golden State Killer, who used to be the serial killer and rapist back in the 70s, and they caught him in 2018. And the journalist who wrote that book died before the book was published. So, like her husband, who's also a famous comedian, Patton Oswalt, helped to finish it. And now there's a documentary on that. So I'm obsessively watching that. They drop ev- one episode every Monday. I watched. Uh, I know this is this much is true, and I was blown away. by mark ruffalo mm-hmm. existing first of all and also existing as two mark ruffalos i feel like that was the closest out of body religious experience i've had in a while i also watched uh, one of the films that i really really liked um is king of satan island which mm-hmm. is the latest film that jad aptow has directed and it stars pete davidson who is a comedian who used to be on snl and it's actually um based on his own life story like his dad uh Pete's dad was a firefighter who died during the 9 uh, during 911 like he died fighting he died saving so the film is about that but they obviously have taken out the 911 part of it and it's just like Pete's father in the film was a firefighter who died and how he uh comes to terms with the fact and it's like a complete homegrown DIY project because Pete's grandfather is in the movie his sister mm-hmm. is in the movie Jad Apatow's daughter is in the movie so you know i like these small indie films and i'm a fan of Jad Apatow's cinema in the sense that his comedy is something that i kind of like because it's also very sad and melancholic at the same time and this i feel like is most mature film hmm. yet so i had lots of fun watching that i am looking forward to watch first cow um which i think was supposed to release after premiering uh, at a film festival but then covid took over um so yeah so these are the things i'm watching i'm basically trying to watch as much stuff that i could that i wanted to watch like you know you always have a list of things you want to watch that i can get done because but again the problem i've realized is that you know when you have normal life when you have work the the pleasure of watching a show is that you know staying up all night has consequences the next day you will be hungover or like sleepy sleep deprived and then you will have to go to work and still do work but right now staying up all night doesn't have that big a consequences just you living the same day after and after So after the point, it gets kind of uh, like you kind of switch off to like watching because that's all you can do at this point. So I'm also like mixing it up by like reading a lot of books. Uh, I recently read this book called Lonely City, which is Ol- a non which Olivia is Olivia Lang, yeah, uh... Olivia Lang, which is a very timely book to read because it's basically about loneliness and like mm. being alone, which yes. I feel like kind of corresponds to the situation. It's a very um one of a great piece of non fiction because it kind of uh, draws parallels between a human connection human feeling which is loneliness and she wrote the book after she broke up with someone so it's more like feelings of heartbreak and also pieces of art so she draws this parallel between edward hopper and how he, mm. he depicted loneliness and he's genuinely like the at this point the ambassador of loneliness right so <laughs> it's a it's a very very interesting book i also read this book called um, that fatima bhutto wrote recently uh it's uh, i think it's called kings of the east or something i think i'm getting the name wrong i'll just check that but it's basically a book about how pop culture in south, in the eastern world which includes turkey which includes kpop which includes india has risen and how it's become you know more um, more pressing than just american pop culture like there was a time when american pop culture was your 
end all but now there are so many alternatives to it and it's like i am very fascinated with books on pop culture anyway and i thought this was a very very good uh, exploration of that that's all thank you so much it was such fun and we hope we can chat again sure can't wait thank you for having me